How was everyone's week? Was it good? We watching the Super Bowl today? Wow, I am. I'm watching it. Mostly, I'm it'll be about what I'm eating is really the essential part about today. Anyways, um, so hey, we've been talking about uh, the rhythms that God has put in our lives to help us grow. And we've over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the Word of God being an incredibly important rhythm of reading and consuming his word. And then coming to church is an important rhythm because it helps us to gather and connect and equipped, equipped to, do, to minister. And then last week we talked about this idea of, of in our months, how do we help know Christ, grow in Christ, and share Christ, right? Because we believe that to fulfill the mission of the church, which is the, to connect the community we live in to the Christ we love, um, it's just not this magical thing, right? Like in life, you don't really want like nebulous things, do you? I don't really want. Like, it's like getting Ikea furniture, and they're like, go get them. Here's the picture. You know, I don't really want. I think that's how sometimes we treat faith, or sometimes how we treat, or how we uh, think about faith. Or even in churches, we talk, do this, do this. They're like, uh, okay, here's the picture. How do I get there? Okay? So I want to just kind of re-clarify one thing, and then we'll talk about my heart for the next year. So I made this uh, nice little graph. Are you ready for it? So to connect the community we live in to the Christ we love, Okay. The way we do that is an essential three things. And we believe that when you are functioning in these three areas of your life, in the, you know, in the weeks and the months, you are going to connect people to Christ. It's like when Janet says, I don't even know how this happened. It's because in her life, these things are happening. And so it's, an un, it's, it's like an unseen sometimes uh, response to it. Right, a benefit. So it's not it's not magic, right? If you if you connect to God in these ways, and we connect to each other, we will connect people to Christ because the life of Jesus will pour out of us, right? That's what we want. We want to be people who are authentically sharing who God, what God has done in our life, and who He is in this world. Okay, we don't want to try to put on Christian words that no, it doesn't make any sense anyway, right? We want to just let the life of Jesus pour out of us because of the things we're experiencing. So first, we want to know Jesus. We got to know who He is. Right? We've got to experience him. We don't believe he's just this, this guy up in heaven. Like he's intricately working in our lives. Okay? Then we want to grow together. See how this is going to play out? Look at that. Isn't that nice? Um, so we're going to grow together. Right? We said the church is, the, one of the important things for the church is to grow and spur each other on in faith. That no person will ever grow in Christ alone. Ever. Like, God has never intended there to be these one titans of faith and no one else. God, you will not grow in Christ alone. Or if you grow, you will grow lopsided, right? You'll grow weird. It'll be like, how'd you come up with that? Well, in my time alone for the last 12 years, like, no, that is not God's heart. He said, we are his body, individual units working and functioning together, okay? So we grow together. If you try to grow alone, come be part of the party, okay? Last thing is we share Christ. We learn to share Christ in a natural way, right? Like, seeing, you must be a Christian, aren't you, right? Like that's, that's, that was not prompted by, let me tell you about the five spiritual laws of the book of Romans, right? Like that would be weird. Don't do that, okay? Unless you feel led to do that, then do that, but whatever, okay? So when we know Christ, we know who he is, we share his love, we experience his love for us. We grow together. We spur each other on. You have pieces of the puzzle in faith that I don't have, and together we make a real great puzzle. Puzzles are fun, by the way. It's going to snow tomorrow. I'm doing a puzzle. Okay? <laughs> and then we, and then, then we learn to share. How do I share Christ? How do I invite people to church? How do I let my faith be known? How do I not shy away from conversations? How do I pray for other people? How do I look outward out the window of who needs to know this? Right? And then in that middle spot is when we connect the community to Christ. That's the sweet spot 
Uh, there's an there's a author that calls it, that's the tangible kingdom. That's when the kingdom of God comes to earth, is when those things are happening in your life. Okay, so if you ever feel out of balance, you ever feel like, you know, like fruit on a vine, what do I do with this now, right? Check, this is the litmus test. Okay, I, do I feel like I'm knowing Christ more? Am I experiencing who, who he is? Do I experience that he loves me? Do I feel like the, the prodigal son, like God has done so much in my life, oh my gosh, he's taken me back. And maybe, maybe you feel out of balance. I don't really have the, the friendships in Christ, the relationships in Christ to help me grow. And I'm not really outwardly expressing Christ's love to people. I don't see people as the way God sees them yet, right? Here's a little litmus test. How are you doing? I'm not sure. This is how you measure. This is how you see. This is how you kind of see, okay, where am I at in this whole thing? When I, my emotions are all out of order, am I not connecting to Christ's love? Do I not have brothers and sisters spurring me on? And am I not outpouring the things that are filling me up? Right? We as a church are not a lake. A lake without an outlet will get stale and disgusting. Right? Like most lakes in North Dakota. Just like gross and moss and whatever. Right? We as a church are supposed to be rivers. We're supposed to be people that are filling and outpouring. Filling and outpouring. And so in this middle ground is where the tangible kingdom of Christ lives. This is how we connect people to Christ. Okay? Sound good? So with that said, let's pray. Lord, we are grateful to hear from your word. We know, Lord, that your word is alive and active. Lord, that your word is, your, you breathe these words into motion, just like you breathe our hearts to beat and our lungs to breathe. So God, we ask that you would speak through this. In Jesus' name, amen. So as a church, the last three years, that's what we've been trying to do. Well, before we moved here, we just like, we, what, if we did, what if we had a church? What if we built a community that really simply tried to just show Christ's love to each other? Didn't try to make it so complex Right? Or you have to do XYZ thing, or you have to hit 101, 201, 301. Now you are equipped to do things that are good for God. Like, that's not, that was like the opposite. I really believe that someone five seconds old can do those three things in Christ. Right? Someone just experiencing God's love can do all those things. You don't have to graduate from one to the next to the next. Okay? So as we think about the next year, I really believe the best is yet to come for us as a church. And that we are going to continue to connect people to Christ that are in our lives. And I believe this year for you, that you are not just going to be, I'm a part of this community, but you're going to say like, no, this is what, I, this is what I'm doing in my life. I'm trying to connect people to Christ. I think that that's the most important thing we do in the context of wherever we live. Okay, so there's this part of scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians where Paul is writing to this church, right? This is the second letter to this church. The first letter, if you read it, it's like kind of intense, right? Like Paul is like bringing the hammer down on this church. It's like, seriously, what are you doing in Corinth? What's going on here? I'm hearing all these things. What about what I told you? It's, it's, at times, it's a rebuking letter. It's, a, it's not just like a book of the Bible. It's like, hey, Corinth, get it together, right? Do you ever need one of those conversations? I do, so... The second, book, the second book is not so much like that. It's much more affirmative. It's much more like this is where you've come and this is where you're going. And it's a pretty profound letter, um, one of my favorites that we're going to read together. And the reason why I'm reading this is it's really my heart for us this next year. It's really our, my heart where I think we're going to go as a church, where I feel God's saying to us as leaders, and also uh, where I think we're going to land. Not so much in how we act, but in what we value. Okay? Your values dictate how you spend your time. Your values dictate how you 
live in the choices you make. And your values will dictate whether you want to grow in Christ, whether you want to know Christ, and whether you want to share Christ, right? We know that. Who is like the greatest uh, plan ever to get in shape? This guy, all the time. Like, I'm going to get in shape. This is the best. But I don't necessarily value exercise, right? I don't. I'm just like, yeah, that's boring. I don't want to do that, you know? I will, so I'm, but I do value hanging out with people. Like, can we go play something? Like a sport or a game or something that is active? Can I ride a bike with you? That would be sweet, right? And so your values dictate how you spend your time, and until, and I think this is for a lot of us, until we align our values to the heart of Christ, we will not have the desire to help to know Christ and to grow together and to share his love. So this is what it says. 1 Corinthians 1. These are some values I feel like we should, I really am encouraging us to experience in this next year. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and brother, and brother, and brother Timothy, we're getting real Pentecostal now, in the church of God of Corinth, all together with all his holy people in Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So one of my, my first thing, my heart for you and for me and for us, is that we would learn to value the word of God. We'd learn to value reading his word. That these words are not just like, I have to read the Bible today. But this is a letter from a leader and people who love this church and had an affection for this church. And they developed this heart. And these letters were like lifeblood to them. In China, there's a video that you can see where the, this Chinese uh, village got Bibles for the first time. And you should go watch that, YouTube it, and it just is like, a, I mean, it'll, it's emotional, like everything is for me, apparently. But, um, like, they were, like, opening the Bible. They've never had a Bible for the first time. They're smell. They're like, I mean, it was like this profound moment. Our friends, the Vernons, who, who pastor in Thailand, and they're, they have a heart for the specific tribe that lives in Thailand and China and Vietnam and Laos only, and they don't have a homeland, they just are a specific group of people, and they're, they're the Aka people, and for the first time in 2017, they have a Bible in their language, and they, you should see these people with their Bible, it is like, it is like their prized possession, right? So we, get, we have like 500 Bibles on us at this moment, right? So one of, my thing, one of the things I think is incredibly profound for us as followers of Jesus, if we're going to shape our values around our mission, okay? is that we value God's word in our life. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a theologian. But we value that this is an important thing for me to hear. A father, like CJ said, I see him as my father. A father to a son. Right? Jesus is a brother, a, a savior to someone who needed saving. A brother to a brother. That we would value God's word. Okay, he goes on to say, are we good with that? Me and my kid, my son and my wife, we're going to do a 30-day challenge where we read the Bible every day. It's going to be awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Together. That's going to be awesome. I thought it was awesome, but whatever. I mean, that's it's what happens. Verse 3. Praise be to, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the Father of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we first received from God. See, well, the thing that I believe that we have to value and embrace is that we are a life that's being transformed, right? That God has done something in our life, but we are in this lifelong pursuit of being transformed and shaped into the life of Jesus. 
and that we start seeing the circumstances of our lives through that lens. He says, you, you're going to receive comfort because I've received comfort. You're going you're gonna to see that God is going to use you in people's lives because you, God's used you in that same area. Have you ever had, had a struggle? And all of a sudden you realize, oh, God's using me to help someone with the same struggle, right? That is a life being transformed so that you can help and encourage those in need. So we value, I want you to value transformation. We are, I'm one way, I'm going to move to become a different way. And if you're not living that way, you will never be shaped in the life of Christ. I think the biggest mistake we make as people is we want to change, but we never change. That was a joke. Okay, that's okay. Um, we want to change, but we never change our behavior, right? I don't want to be here next year. And then what's going to happen next year if you don't change your behavior? You're going to be the same place. How are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to value God's word that shapes and changes your life? Are you going to value this life that's like, man, I, am, I have brokenness in me. I have things that God wants to do. And I'm going to allow him to shape me in whatever way he would see fit. And I'm going to start seeing my struggles and my brokenness as areas that God will give me comfort so I can then help other people. I'm going to embrace the transformation of Christ in me. I think the thing that is so beautiful about God's love is he doesn't ask us to be perfect. He just asks us even just to fall forward. If you're going to fall, just fall forward. Right? If you're going to step, just step forward. If you're going to change, just a little thing forward. Like, let's just embrace this year, this art of this art and this beauty of transformation, because this, this is what happens. It says this in verse 5. That's getting bad. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in us patient endurance, of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in sufferings, you also share in comfort. Part of embracing the transformation of God in your life is it will not be easy. And being shaped and transformed is painful. At youth group this week, I had this, this girl was like, man, I was up all night with growing pains, she said. And I was like, I bet. Last time I saw you, you were here, now you're here, right? I remember being a kid and like, I'd be like, mom, my legs hurt. I have growing pains. She'd come rub my legs, you know, being a mom. Right? Growth is painful. Growth carries with it suffering. But suffering that is purposeful. And suffering that's not, do you ever struggle with that suffering? I do. Because I think suffering is like someone who's being martyred for their faith in Africa. Okay? I'm like, well, I don't suffer compared to that guy. You know, or like Caden Dillon, you know, like, like I, well, I got so much more than these people do. And do you know that God does not see it that way? You know that God does not see your suffering well? Pfft, you shouldn't complain because this guy really has a bad. Do you know that God does not see it that way at all? It'd be like God being like, well, your sin's way worse than Alex's. Whoo-wee! Right? It'd be the same thing. It's like, no. Think about your kids and how minuscule their problems are. Right? Think about them. Like, I don't care that your unicorn horn bent. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. But do I act that way? Well, sometimes I do. Pray for me. No, I don't. (laughs) But as a father, I'm like, oh, no. That sucks. How can we help? Right? Do you know that God 
the struggles and the pain in your life, God never compares to other people. We don't have a bad as that person. He doesn't devalue the struggle in your life ever. He might ask you to step up and step out of it. He might remind you of the grace you have and, and, the, and, the, and the glory of God that's with you, but he never compares. And you and I have to not disregard the things that we struggle with and like, well, it's not that bad. I shouldn't complain. I shouldn't pray. God is taking you to, through things so that you can be a comfort to other people. He promises you will suffer. You'll go through abundant suffering. I don't want to do that. It doesn't mean I'm going to be martyred. It means for, in my faith life, there's going to be things that I'm striving for that, are not, that don't always work out. There's going to be things that I'm praying for that I don't always see. And he says, when that happens, I will give you comfort. And then you will use that comfort to help other people have comfort. And it will develop in you a patient endurance, a long-suffering, a gentleness, a peace, a hope that never ends. My part for us this year is that I never pray that our years will be easy, ever, because Jesus never promises that. But I pray, and I want for myself, that I would embrace the transformation that he's doing in my heart. Because if I, believe, if I value that, then everything that comes into my life Every obstacle and problem and person that I just don't connect with and I can't deal with and this issue, every purpose, everything has a purpose because I'm embracing a life of transformation into the life of Jesus. And I understand that my struggles have purpose behind them. So I pray that we'd value transformation. I was going to put value suffering, but that sounds way worse. <laughs> but Scripture says you will never grow until you learn to share in the sufferings of Christ and the struggle of what it means to be a Christ follower in this world. It doesn't mean that you're going to be martyred, right? It means that it's, it's not easy to live the life that Christ has for me. So I pray that we value the transformation. We value the growing pains. I think a mark of your maturity in Christ will be when things hit your plate and hit you in the face, that you'd be like, all right, God, you have something, you're, you're going to do something through this. You're, you're going to, I believe that you're going to do that, even though I don't feel it. Verse 5. This is uh, Paul talking to a church now, his friends. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we've experienced in the province of Asia. Okay? Have you traveled in Asia? Not very easy. Okay? <laughs> right, Brad? Yeah. I'm just joking. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He's delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have hope, set that, set, we have set our hope so that you will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in Answers to the prayers of many. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. Okay, Paul had been trying to get back to Corinth, but like literally they were, they were going to get killed, right? Wherever Paul went, he was going to get killed, right? Early, early world and early church. And he says, the things I went through so that I wouldn't rely on myself, but I would rely on God, and that I would set my hope on him, and I would, that I would, he would continue to deliver us. He continued to work miracles in our lives. Okay, so the value I want us to start embracing is the value of empowerment. The value of knowing that, like, I am purposely being used by God in the life around me, right? And not, 
as safe as we did last year. There's nothing safe about walking out our life in Christ. There's nothing safe. And you and I have chosen at times to live more safely. And we've missed out on some of the great miracles that God wants to do. Alex moving across the country at age 23, right? Leaving everything she knew. And with heart for God. It's like the fourth time today. (laughs) And really just wanting to serve a people. I mean, that is bravery. That is not being afraid of what the consequences will be, but being assured of what the miracles can be. And we could tell the miracles and the stories and things that happened. And it was like the most profound moment of our lives. And it was painful. It was a struggle. And I was like, I'm not sure this is going to work. And it did. Because we value that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're empowered by God to be his light and life to the people around us. And until you embrace that, you will are missing out on some of the greatest miracles and stories. <clears throat> some of the greatest blessings. Until you start to risk a little bit. Paul's like, we, we almost died. We almost didn't make it. It's crazy. But God did it again. He's going to keep doing it. Right? I think that the world needs a group of people who are courageous. Who are courageous in the life of faith. To say, we're going to go for big things. God, I want, to, I want to see you do a miracle. I want, to, I want to risk to pray for someone. I want to risk to share for someone. I want to risk to ask you for bigger and more bold things. Just like Paul says, hey, we, we were delivered, but God has done it. God's raised the dead. He can deal with your stuff. God's raised the dead. He can help you see the things that he wants to do in your life come to be. If he can raise the dead, he can work in your life. Are you willing to risk? Are you willing to walk like you are an empowered ambassador, minister of reconciliation for Jesus? Are you willing to see people through those eyes? And if you don't want to do that, that's fine, but you miss out on the miracles. You miss out on the stories. You miss out on, the, on what it does to you as a person of faith how it strengthens you, it makes you strong and united with him. We're almost done. Then we can watch the Super Bowl. Next one says this, verse 12. Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world. Okay, that means he's like, we've, we've, we're living in this world, especially in our race, relations with you. We've done that with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on our worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. We do not write you anything that you cannot understand or read, I hope that, as you have understood us in part, you will come to understand fully so that our boast of us can be can just as we will boast of you in the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. What does that mean? It means I want to have a heart of sincerity and integrity. I don't want to try to like put on a show in my life. I don't have to have every spiritual answer like Janet said I have to value this idea of I have authentic faith and what people need to see and hear is an authentic authenticity of your journey and walk with Christ that you don't come I, I love how he says I didn't come to you like trying to make you impressed by something you don't understand or you can't even read I came because I want you to understand a little bit so you can learn to understand fully who God is and I think what I hear the most from people is that I think we're a fairly authentic people and we could have more bells and whistles. Trust me. There's a fog machine in the back. There's not. 
hurts my lungs. <laughs> but we've just chosen, like, who we are is who we are. And I'm at my best when, I'm who, I, when I, who I am who I am. And, I, and, and you are at your best when you are honest in your heart, in your, in your struggles, in your successes, and when we can share in those. And, if, and, and you might not love this if you don't value that. Like, this is too honest. That guy cries all the time. So does all that back row. You know, it's like lots of crying. Or, or it's like, this is what? You know, we value, we value this thing of authenticity. Okay, Rach, you can come up. We'll, we'll pray and close here. I want to challenge us here. I want to encourage you for this year. I, I, whenever I think of the next year, I always think of how God is going to bless us. And I think that's valid. But I feel like God is asking me to change my prayer. Change my heart in that. Because I feel like sometimes if I just pray for God to bless me, it's really mostly because I want to be comfortable. It's really mostly because I just don't want to deal with anything. Or, or, or I just want to be happy and all these things, you know, and I'm like, but is that the thing that God asks me as a follower of Jesus to pray for? So I'm going to pray for us that we would pray big and bold prayers this year. I want to pray for us that we would, we would learn to value God's word, that we would sacrifice for the word of God so we could learn and know. And I think the most important thing that we will be asked of this year as followers of Jesus is not how comfortable we were, but how are we being transformed into who he is? You know, when the Bible talks about when we go to heaven, we'll meet Jesus. And how that, we can talk about how that works another time. It's pretty cool. And you know what he's going to ask us? What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? What is he saying? He's like, have you been shaped into who I am? Did you become who I really wanted you to be because it was the best version of yourself? And my prayer for us this year is that we will not shy away from suffering or struggle or pain but we will see God working in his hands through it because on the other side of that is a blessing and a growth that you cannot experience without it. And that we would be bold as people of this church and people of faith to realize how empowered we are, that we, people need to hear this and that we would walk that out in authenticity. So I'd like to pray for you. If you're willing to say, I, I want to jump on that bandwagon, I want to jump on that road, I want to live a life of transformation. Because what I value is how I spend my time. And how I spend my time is what shapes my life. So God, help us to set our values the way you would want right now. And just so that everyone, no one looking around, if anyone's saying, hey, I want to live that life this year, I want to go for it, would you just shoot your hand up? I want to pray for you. Yeah. 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 Yes. Lord God, I don't want to play this thing safe anymore. I don't want to strive for comfort, Lord. I want to strive to, to, to fulfill all the things you have for us, Lord. To see through your eyes and love through your eyes the people around us. God, we, just, we say that we're, we're going to shape our values around these things this year. And as we, as we come back for your four birthday party with cake... God, I pray that we would just would all that much more be like, God, I really want to, I want more of that. I want to do that more. 
It, you did it, let's do more. Because there's no end to that. There's no like, okay, we made it, we arrived. Got it. You're five, the same thing. God, give us more. What do you have for us? We want more. We want to experience more of you. I want to be transformed. What other areas do you want to work in my life? How can I know you more? How can I grow with other people more? How can I share you more? God, give us that attitude of the heart. And what makes or breaks us is not how we feel today. It's how we feel Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, and how we shape our values and our time around those days. So Holy Spirit, speak to us. Change our behavior. Change the way we live. Change the way we the way we think, change the way we feel into the way that you are feeling and thinking. God, work more in this year. God, we embrace your transformational process because it's not always an easy road, but we embrace it because we think it's better. I think it's the best way to live, to be fulfilled, to be at peace, and to have hope. Pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand? We'll close. Super Bowl's in four hours, everybody. Four hours. Five hours. Actually, it started now. All the pregame. Oh, my gosh. It's insanity. Hey, next week, we're starting a new series called Did God Say That? And it's going to be a series about things that I think we believe as followers of Jesus, but maybe God didn't fully say. Anyone ever have one of those things? You know, it's like sometimes I say something, I'm like, did God say that or did I say that? Or did like some guy in the 80s in a Baptist church in North Dakota say that? You know what I'm saying? Um, and not that those people are bad, but uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that did God say this? And they're, they're how we see other people and how we see our lives. Sound good? Okay, awesome. Thank you guys so much for being there. Have some more cake. Um, encourage the students that went on the trip. Uh, just say that they're awesome. Encourage them. And then if you want to go to Guatemala, sign up and we'll go. All right? All right. Thanks for being here, guys.